Welcome to our women's basketball coverage of the tournament. We are here now. Final Four is finally here. Uh, it's been an exciting, exciting, super exciting tournament. I'm here with Jessica. Uh, you guys remember from last time, our women's basketball analyst, the best. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Tyler. Good to see you again, man. Good to be back. Thanks for having me back. Great. So let's recap some of our predictions from last time. We, we made bold predictions, of course, but um, a lot has changed, obviously. Um, heartbreaks, upsets. Uh, where do you want to start? Man, I got to start with uh, – I've got two – things in mind. I, I got to start with Iowa. I mean, Iowa shocked me. I thought that as many people probably did as well, right? I thought that Iowa was really going to be a threat in this tournament. Like I said, I think we all did. And I was totally shocked when they not only lost in the first round, but at home into a 10th seeded Creighton who really came to shake up Caitlin Clark and her Hawkeyes. And I mean, what, you know, what balls, I mean, for them to come in and shake up that Iowa team and send them home packing in the first round. That one really, really shocked me. And I predicted yeah. they were going to the final four, round one, they're out. Yeah, S second round, second round. Second round, you're right, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Lauren Jensen, former uh, Iowa player, it hit the big shot. I always always love those um, kind of payback moments for players that uh, transfer. Um, and, you know, I was – I was shocked too. And I had picked Creighton as an upset threat, but I also picked Iowa to be in the final four. So, I mean, it, it was, uh, it was tough for me both ways, but Creighton was a team. I mean, and then to come the next round and beat Iowa state, they were close to being a Cinderella team as much as one of, as uh, we would have had in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I will say about the Creighton team is they played, in my opinion, with a lot of composure. They were not yeah. scared. And I feel that, you know, between those two teams, Iowa and Creighton, Creighton is able to play free without pressure, right? Nobody expects them to win. And that yeah. showed and that reflected in the way that they came in and played, kept their composure and came up with the upset win. Yep, yep. Uh, now for the next huge, huge upset was South Dakota over Baylor. Oh, yeah. And that was a shocker. And I think the biggest shocker for me is that the such a low-scoring game from Baylor, only 47 points. I mean, it, we've, we've seen them take over teams, dismantle teams. We've seen Alyssa Smith get 30-plus by herself. For the team to only score 47 against South Dakota was a real uh, disappointment. Absolutely. That was a shocker as well. And like you said, we've seen the Baylor Lady Bears come in and just completely dismantle teams, just as you just said. And yeah. for that to kind of be – I mean, when I saw that final score, I'm like, wait, 47, this is halftime, right? No, that's the full game score. And they really right. were able to kind of, I think, shake up what Baylor wanted to do. And ultimately, they came in and got that upset win. Yeah, and then looked great in the next round against Michigan, kind of proving that they weren't a fluke. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of teams, I mean, a lot of people watching probably did think they were a fluke beating Baylor like that, but they took Michigan all the way down to the wire in the next round. Um, who else are you want to talk about? Who's next? Man, and b before I answer that, I want to just say this too. I want to agree with you here because 
it's very easy. So people think, right, oh, you can come in and win one game, right? You have this upset. Then yeah. you would come back to the second or third round, right, depending on where you got that first win yeah. and just get beat up by the other team. And it's like, man, I mean, but like you said, they came in, they held their own, and that win and that momentum carried over to their yeah. next game, like you said, and they were neck and neck with Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I want to go back to uh, Florida Gulf Coast and Virginia Tech. This is one that we talked about the last time, and we many people yeah. might have thought that we were a little bit crazy for saying – that FGCU would be able to get that upset win against Virginia Tech. But to me, FGCU was such a strong team, right? And their record was incredible, you know, for considering them being a mid-major school that most people probably overlook, right, or they've maybe never even heard of. And I think that uh, Kenny Brooks and his Hokies, you know, they had a good season as well. But I think that Virginia Tech took them for granted and they weren't quite ready. And FGCU came in and knocked them right out. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, in contrasting uh, what we just said about South Dakota, FGCU got buzzsawed by Maryland in the next right. Next well, round. And it's tough, right? Because it's like you never know. And it's like, hey, one game you're on, the next game you may not, or it could be, a, you know, you may not match up well against that team. There's many factors, but hey, mm-hmm. you just need to win. And, you know, FGCU, the journey ended against Maryland. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the big differences, and this is, a really tough thing when it comes to women's basketball is uh, the depth from the really uh, top 25 schools is so much different from a lot of the mid majors like FGCU, like uh, a Delaware, like South Dakota state, even Creighton where they may play eight, nine players at those schools where schools like Maryland, Stanford, South Carolina can go 10 deep of probably their second ten, second five would probably start on a lot of the mid-major teams. Absolutely, and that's a really good point. That that yeah. that depth really makes a difference, right? I mean, if you're used to going, you know, eight, nine, ten deep, and there's really no drop-off, right, in the starters yeah. to that second lineup, the second part of your lineup, that really makes a difference. You can go toe-to-toe all night, and your energy and intensity never wavers or declines versus, as you just mentioned, right, those mid-majors, they may have, okay, you know, five to seven that really are the core of their team. And if you get in foul trouble or injuries or we're exhausted against this team, you really don't have any other people to really pull off the bench to be key factors for your team at that point. Yeah, and and when it comes to that, probably the hardest part for the mid-majors is the size because you got schools like South Carolina that bring the women off the bench that are 6'4", 6'5", that are their nine and 10, 10, you know, player off the bench. Yeah, so that's that, right. And that other team has, they have no answer to match up against that. Right. You start your two tallest ladies in the, you know, starting lineup and that's it. Once they're out, they're done. Exactly. So, it, yeah. That's a big, that's a big thing. Um, big reason why there is rarely Cinderella teams in the final four is that depth issue. And, you know, we know how the scholarships work and, you know, the access to recruiting that these bigger schools have. So we already know how that goes. Um, any other uh, big, big moments to talk about that we talked about last time? Those were the two that I had. I want to hear from you and, and see what you're thinking over there. Um, well, we, we both kind of predicted that South Carolina would not make it to the Final Four, and they have. Um, and much of that is the depth 
thing that I mentioned, but what do you think about their success? Uh, how would you quantify it? Making it to no, the final I, four? I, I got to say this, that as you mentioned, right, both of us said, oh, man, South Carolina really has a lot of potential. They're a great team, well coached. They come from what I personally think is the best women's basketball conference in the SEC, right? They're challenged night in and night out. This moment of March Madness should not rattle them at all. Mm-hmm. But we have seen them, right, kind of get a little bit disheveled and they lose whatever big lead that they may have. And one thing that I've noticed here in this postseason tournament was from South Carolina is quite simply, they found a way to win, right? All the wins haven't been ugly. I mean, they haven't been pretty, been a little bit ugly, but as Don Staley said in the post uh, post game interview recently, Hey, it ain't got to be pretty all the time. We just got to get the win. And so I think really what they've been able to do is really come together as a team keep their defensive intensity up and they've been able to kind of shake teams off of what they may have game plan and wanted to do against South Carolina. And so I think that has really led to South Carolina, you know, final four is coming up and they're still in the bracket. Yep. Um, last one, you were really high on Kentucky. I was high on them as well. Not quite as high as you were, but I, obviously I was higher than them losing in the first round. So that was a shocker. That was a shocker. That was another one, right? As you just said, I had Kentucky going to the final four, right? Coming out. And I I boldly said, Hey, if they get to face UConn, I think they might take them out. But clearly Kentucky was like, no, 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 we're not going to be able to do all that. Unfortunately, (laughs) you know, that, that was very shocking to me because I was also thinking, right. I know that March Madness is different than where you come from out of your conference. However, the Kentucky Wildcats, they ended the season on a, ultimate high right they took out South Carolina in that SEC championship it seemed like they were really clicking players were stepping up you know their offensive was going smoother their defensive threat Mm -hmm. but they got to March Madness and they lost very early I was shocked and I still am to tell you the truth yeah and you know looking at the box score and I, I did watch the game but looking at the box score it doesn't look like a game they would lose you know they they had less turnovers um, when it comes to fouls, they had a little more fouls, but it, it was more of Princeton beating them than it was of them, you know, beating themselves. I so agree it was with just that. a game Princeton yeah. showed up and Princeton really stepped up to play and, you know, knock off Kentucky. So shout out to the Princeton, the ladies at Princeton. Um, yeah, absolutely. Great performance. And I think too that going back to the comments that I made about Creighton being able to take out Iowa in that second round, Princeton doesn't have pressure on them, right? They can show up, play the game they play, execute. And if Kentucky doesn't come with their, you know, full forces ready to go, they find themselves losing that game. As we saw, that was what happened. Yep. And and another team that went head to head in the next round, only lost by one to Indiana. I I think it was a game winning shot too, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can't remember, but. I think it was okay um tell me some of your favorite games that stood out there's a lot of great games oh yeah there has yeah. been a lot of great games and of course I know you and I were t- uh, texting about this I got to start here Tyler I mean UConn versus NC State yeah in the elite eight round I mean talk- I- I'm not a fan of neither one of these schools 
Yeah. But I just love good basketball. And I'm sitting there literally on the edge of my couch, like, oh my goodness. I mean, even in the fourth quarter alone, right? Yeah. UConn takes the lead. NC State takes the lead. It just keeps going back and forth, back and forth. And then UConn started to get a little bit of separation. And then bam, the Wolfpack comes right back at them and they're up again. And then, you know, down the stretch to end of regulation, they're tied. Yeah. And the young lady uh, from NC State, Brown Turner, I believe was her name. Yeah. Just yeah. hits the big game winning, well, not game winning, but the, you know, hey, now she hits that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she just hit that shot. It was, it was beautiful. And yeah. I think as Great we play. talked about um, in the previous uh, show, that UConn is clicking at the right time, right? Players are back, they're healthy. And mm-hmm. I mean, Paige Beckers, we questioned what was she going to do and what version of her were we going to see? She showed up in a huge, huge way in that game. And I mean, talk about high energy, stressful. I'm like, man, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm like, and then they go into overtime and UConn pulls out the win. Yep. I, I think this is probably the greatest women's basketball tournament game I've ever seen. Uh, at least that I can remember. It was just, like you said, it was back and forth. So much talent on the floor. Oh, yeah. And so much coaching out there. NC State made some amazing plays. The coach drew up perfect plays. I mean, did you see him when she did hit that shot? He, It was just like he drew it up. Absolutely. Like they, it looked like they ran the play perfectly, and he knew they would get a good look, got a good look. She knocked it down. And then Paige, just with the – you know, the straight Mamba mentality at the end. She just took over both yeah. overtimes. I think she had 15 points between the two over, I mean, w- between the fourth quarter and overtime, she was, she was fantastic. I mean, she, she showed why she was national player of the year last year. Um, UConn looks good. It, they started off really slow. Um, I think they started off playing bad. Actually, I would say everyone sh- was shooting bad. And then, um, that second half just ramped up for both teams. It was just great. Yeah, they yeah. really did. And it was it was just so much fun to watch. Oh, my goodness. It was great. Yeah. And uh, UConn, you know, lost their backup center with a broken wrist, which was a really ugly injury. Uh, so it, the pressure was on, too, because both the, you know, the UConn, the forward and center, both have four fouls for, like, the last – I want to say 15 minutes of the game of regulation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, I got to say this as well, that the officiating was I, – I mean, I hate to call them terrible, but it was right there at terrible because, <laughs> yeah, it was. you know, it, and, and those fouls you just spoke about, you know, they, they were calling fouls, and I'm just like, are you anticipating contact or what? But they were making terrible, terrible calls. And I'm thinking, let these young <laughs> yeah. ladies play. Like, this is a game of high emotion – you know, let's not let this come down to bad officiating. You call a foul. Now somebody's on the line and they lost the game because you got whistle happy. But, yeah. I, it, oh, my goodness, it was crazy. But I will say this, the, the, the post players on UConn, they kept their heads in the game because they see how the refs are calling it and they mm-hmm. played fundamentally sound defense. They did what they had to do on offense and they did not pick up, you know, those fouls. But I hats off to them because I'm like ready to throw my – remote at the TV because of that officiating it was crazy yeah yeah absolutely like refs we didn't come to see y'all we want to see the players play yep yep so uh we have to talk about a game that was the reason why NC State got to this game 
the game before that was NC State versus Notre Dame. And the clutch, clutch steal by uh, Reina Perez, uh, that was probably the play of the tournament at that point. Uh, NC State just had a lot, a lot of clutch plays. But that game, another game back and forth, I never knew what was going to happen. I thought Notre Dame had it for most of the fourth quarter, at least most of the last five minutes of the game. Um, what did you think about that one? I thought that game was a great, great game. I thought uh, Olivia Miles was fantastic. I, I, every game she plays, I always wish she did just a little more. I always feel like, man, if she had just showed me just maybe a couple more flashy passes, a couple more threes, I always think I'm missing just a little bit of her, even when she plays absolutely fantastic. So what do you think about that game? I'm going to start by agreeing with you. I think that, you know, she's a key part of the team and she certainly makes a lot of great contributions. But like you said, just a little bit more. And I think that it could take her game over the edge and, of course, you know, further contribute to her team's success. And you mentioned Raina Perez. That young lady is a phenomenal basketball player. And Um, a lot of people may not know who she is, but I bet they know who Raina Perez is now. I mean, again, that was just such an exciting game. You know, Niel Ivy, she's put together a fabulous team of young ladies on that Notre Dame squad. Absolutely. And like you said, I mean, they just, I was like, okay, it's back and forth, back and forth. And again, it's just so much excitement and for, uh, not Notre Dame, for, well, for, yeah, for Notre Dame to really have, you know, NC State on the ropes there. And for a moment, I'm like, they might pull this win out. But yeah. NC State was able to, you know, keep themselves together. And, you know, Wes Moore, great coach, and he got his ladies over to get that win. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what what other games? Tell me another great game. We got two. Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking here at my bracket, and I got to say, I, I got to just talk about this Louisville team because yeah. they, I feel, they've, they've had to come through this Wichita region, and they have played very, very well. And yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to how they're going to show out in this final four round because like I said on the first show that the Wichita region I believe from my opinion anyhow is the most competitive in terms of the teams you have to go through to get out of that region and so you know Louisville has played um, I mean they have teams in this region right from Baylor to Tennessee right to Oregon Gonzaga Michigan and -hmm. they come through those games right and they're able to make it to the final four and it's going to be exciting to see because they're really on a roll right now. So they were another team. I mean, several of their games were very good and entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have my eyes on them. They they have started clicking at the right moment. Mm-hmm. I was not confident in them at all. I think Van Lith disappears in a lot of games when they really need her. But, man, it, it, did she turn it on in the right moment? Right. They look great. Uh, everyone on their team looks like they, they come to play every night and they play – um up to their ability it seems like it at least in the tournament they play up to their ability every single night it, it was great but i will say they got a little bit a uh, little bit lucky throughout this this round i mean throughout the region because like you said it was one of the toughest regions but tennessee dealt with the injuries oregon got knocked off baylor got knocked off byu got knocked off that region also had the most upsets so they did get lucky, but I mean, to go in there and beat Michigan, Nas Hillman 
I mentioned uh, last time one of my favorite players in that entire tournament. For them to go in there and knock them off, it's fantastic. They look good coming in. I, uh, we're going to get into it later, but them in South Carolina is going to be a heck of a game. It is. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I do want to mention one more game, and that was the uh, – I will say – Normally, I don't really get to catch a lot of the Stanford games uh, because I guess because they're West Coast. I live in the East Coast, so right. it's late a lot of times. But um, the game against Maryland was a statement game for me, for them, because I don't see them often. Seeing what they did to Maryland's, Maryland's size, Maryland's athleticism, um, again, great a great game of coaching. Both coaches are fantastic. Um, seeing what they did to them gave me a new confidence for them going further on, especially in this final four. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And I think for me, what it comes down to with Stanford is, and you know, like you, I'm on the East coast. I don't watch a lot of their games and they really put me on notice anyway with their national championship win last year. But the thing about Stanford is obviously they're well coached, right? Tara Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt, excuse me, right. Been coaching for decades, She's a phenomenal coach. She's got her ladies playing well. They are a disciplined team, right? They're not, you know, they're not the flashiest as far as their style of play, but they're fundamentally sound, they're disciplined. And I think that really is a lot to credit their success. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another team that's deep, they have the whole twins. They have, I mean, Haley Jones leads them so well. Cameron Brink is a perfect, perfect center for them. Uh, they they looked they looked stacked against Maryland. It looks like they had just more players than Maryland, and they don't. But it just everyone plays their role so well, so so well, so well. Yeah, they really do. I mean, I think you know, hey, the people on the team, like you said, everybody's playing their role, and it just comes together so nicely. It really is a beautiful thing to watch them play. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so give me some players. Your favorite players throughout this tournament, some performances. G- give me who who you were most impressed with throughout this tournament, player-wise. We talked about a lot of teams, but give me your players, your best performance as far as players go. So I'm going to start here. I've got two in mind here. And so the first one that I want to talk about is freshman guard from Texas, Rory Harmon. I mean, I started yes. her towards the latter part of the regular season this year but I'm just so impressed with her I mean she's only a freshman but she She plays so big for her team yeah she's very tough she's not intimidated by anybody I mean she really does not shy away from the big moments and her energy on the floor is unmatched I mean she takes people off the dribble she's not afraid to get in there on defense she makes you know key shots finding her teammates I mean she really does it all and She's one that I think really has stood out in this tournament. Now, you know, Texas, of course, they lost to Mm -hmm. uh, Stanford recently. But, I mean, she's played so well. And I know that head coach Vic Schaefer is pleased with her performance. And she's only a freshman, so she's just getting started. It only is up from here for her. I cannot wait to see what they build around her. She is so good. She was was my first one, too, my first on my list. She is a defensive pest. I mean, she picks people up full court most of the time, or at least three-quarter court. Um, she hits huge shots. She makes plays. 
she's just, I mean, she's so quick. There's really no flaw in her game, honestly, at right. this point. And, and like you said, only a freshman like that. I think she was defensive player of the, um, what are they, Big 12? Yeah, the Big 12, yeah. I believe she was defensive player of the Big 12 as a freshman. I mean, I I can't say enough positive things about her. I cannot wait to see what she does next year for Texas. Um, it, it's looking good for them, especially at the guard spot. Yeah, and they so always they recruit great, great centers, always. Yeah, they do. They, they yeah. really do. And like I said, I mean, Vic Schaefer, another veteran coach, he knows what to put together in terms of, you know, the pieces and the skill set, you know, for his offense. And I'm telling you, man, Roy, like we keep saying, she's only a freshman, believe yeah. it or not. And so she's really going to, oh, like I said, she's just going to keep developing and getting better. And I'm thinking if I could put her in the WNBA today, I would. But we get three more yeah. years to watch her develop and blossom into college. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, give me give me your second because that was my first too, so. All right. And so one that I have is really just a one one particular moment that stood out to me that mm-hmm. I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up. And I got to talk about Fran Belivi, Belivi, excuse me, from Stanford. I mean, that round one game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they played against Montana State. They beat them very well. And, yeah. you know, she comes up, you know, playing good defense, deflects a pass gets possession of the ball, takes it coast to coast, and boom, throws it down for a dunk. I mean, that yeah. moment was so explosive for me. And Huge. she did it, like, with ease, you know, as if it was nothing. And it was just a really, really incredible moment. That was one of my uh, top moments from the early days of the tournament. Anytime the women's game gets to show everyone how athletic it's getting, it's getting more and more athletic. Obviously, there's been moments in history where we had, you know, more women dunking. We had Candace and uh, Sylvia Fowles in at the same, you know, around the same time. Right. Um, we had athletes. Simone Augustus was a, was a freak athlete when it came to her ball handling and her quickness. And Angel McCautry was someone who attempted a dunk, I think, in her last game. Maybe was it the last game? She attempted dunks in games, you know, um, but man, it's just, this is a new era, new evolution of basketball when it comes to the women's basketball, a lot of um, competition and man, it was just amazing. It's amazing just to see it on the sports center top 10, really, honestly. Yes, it is. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's something that we don't see often, right. In the women's game, the dunking and such. And people say, Oh, you know, Women's basketball is boring because they don't dunk. Well, okay, they don't dunk on a regular basis. However, it's very entertaining to watch because, again, it's the fundamentals, it's the strategy, the execution. It's very, very cool and exciting for me to watch personally. But, again, for her to have this big moment, I mean, March Madness is a big stage. And, like I said, I mean, yeah. she comes down, and like I said, she threw it down with ease. And it was like, oh, my goodness. And the commentators, I was just – cracking up laughing because they're like, oh, no, she's not going to dunk. Oh, yes, she did. It was great. I love it. Yeah, and I wish more women would just try in the games because obviously, you know, I haven't dunked before. It's not me at like 5'7". It's not easy to just go up and dunk anytime you want to like it is obviously for a seven-foot male, right? But um, there's more women that can dunk than people know. Absolutely. Like I, I, Nel, um, Nelson Adota has dunked 
she won the dunk contest in the uh, McDonald's All American, the That's Powerade right. Jam Fest. There's a lot of them who can dunk that just don't try in games, or maybe they don't get the open lane, or they don't have you know a wide open fast break to do it. I think that <laughs> we may see an era eventually where they do try. Maybe we just see missed dunks in games sometimes. And that's cool because eventually those missed dunks will become made dunks, will become highlights, and it'll go higher and higher and higher. It's just I just like when I see them display their athleticism because they're a lot more athletic than media gives the women's game credit for. Absolutely. And I think, too, that you're onto something there because the flow of the women's game, yeah. I don't know if the dunking, I'm not going to say that it doesn't, that it can't fit, but I'm just, again, going back to just the strategy and the execution. Yeah. Is that something that they're practicing, right? Because dunking and shoot around is one thing, but how do you fit that right into the flow of the game? I mean, right. teammates coming down in transition and setting up their, their teammate, right? Setting up their yeah. player to throw it down. So I think, hey, that would be really a, a fun element to see kind of add it more regularly. But that yeah. moment was just incredible for me. Yeah, yeah. And the I, fact I, that, you know, she started it herself, right? It wasn't somebody, you know, setting her up. You know, yeah. like I said, she got that pass deflected. She said, oh, I'm taking this thing. She's dribbling coast to coast and ends it with the dunk. It was beautiful. You remember like in high school where um, <laughs> the guy who first like who just started dunking, he would get so hungry to get like the, the fast break dunk. Like anytime a steal happened, he'd be the first one. Oh yeah. <laughs> first one down court. Cause he wanted to be able to try to dunk and women don't, they don't do that. And eventually I think they will get like that um, because uh, players like her will have uh, more ability or probably more freedom to try and miss. So I think, I think it's coming soon. I'm just glad it happened. Like you said, yes. it is a moment, a major moment. It is the first in the tournament, right? It is, yes. Yeah, first ever in the tournament. So, yeah, this it's is awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it was good. So those are my two. I want to hear what are you thinking? What What were some good moments or favorite performances from you? Um, I, I mentioned it already, um, but Rainer Perez, I think throughout this, probably throughout this whole season, has been one of the most clutch players in all of women's college basketball, if not the most clutch. And to get a clutch steal, and that I mean that that's a hard steal. That's not like a normal. Maybe only basketball players know. Like me and you know, the steal reach around is not like the easiest steal to do. It not takes at a lot all. of trickery. Yeah, and it takes a lot of risk because if you don't get it, then you know you leave your team basically five on four because mm-hmm. you're playing behind them. So for her to get get that steal and come down and basically win the game off the layup was just, I thought it was one of the nicest plays I've ever seen in women's college basketball. Really yeah, really like you said, I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. And for her to have, you know, done it and with such poise, it's like, whoo. And then for that to, you know, end up being a clutch moment in that win, it was great. Yep. And then also doing that as number one seed in a, you know, down, it looks like the game is over for you losing as a number one seed, that pressure is, you mentioned earlier, a lot of the teams, the lower seeds aren't playing with a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. So being number one, being down and having that kind of pressure is, is different to be able to succeed out of that was just, it was just dope. I, and I, I've loved Raina Perez all season. I think she's, she's probably the best, the best leader as far as senior leadership goes 
in all of college basketball this year. Um, so it, that was a super exciting moment for me. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. And just to add to that, I think the consistency of her mm-hmm. game, right? I never have to wonder what version of Raina Perez am I going to see today, right? It's the same consistent player. She's just so great. And mm-hmm. I just really love to watch her energy and just she plays with such, you know, power and poise. And it's, it's great to watch her. Yeah, always gives 100% too. Absolutely. Like you, say, you never always. have to question. Never have to question. Okay, cool. So let's recap the final four teams real quick. We can start um, let's start with South Carolina. And we did kind of already mention it a little bit, but um, we counted them out to an extent. We just – I shouldn't say that. We were uh, wary about the fact that they could be outcoached. They could lose in another region that was pretty difficult and a region we both picked someone else to come out of. So um, just recap for me how you think this tournament went for them overall. All right, let's do it. I mean, and like you just said, based and based on our predictions, you know, South Carolina has, quote, overachieved, which is a good thing, right? You know, yeah. I think that, as I mentioned a little bit earlier today, they've gotten some ugly wins, right? But March Madness mm-hmm. is, you know, you win, and a win is a win. So we take it, you know, they play well against, well, they kind of embarrass Howard in that uh, yeah. opening game in the tournament, right? Winning by 58. Then they did well against Miami, you know, solid performance in that round. One of the more, I think, exciting or challenging games that they played was against the North Carolina Tar Heels. I think that was the biggest challenge for them that they've seen thus far in uh, this March Madness tournament. But they were able to, again, get that win. And then they played, of course, against Creighton, that little Cinderella team that we've seen this uh, in, in that Greensboro region. Yeah. Now Creighton hung with them for a little bit, right? But then South the South Carolina show kicked in, and they yeah. were able to claim what ended up being a thirty point win in that Elite Eight round. And this upcoming game against Louisville in the Final Four is definitely going to be an interesting one. I think that South Carolina is starting to kind of pick up and get a little bit more consistent with how they play. But like I said, they've got to clean it up because there was some ugliness there, you know. And I know Don Staley got a little bit testy in Mm -hmm. uh, the post-game conference, just basically kind of trying to shut up the reporters in the media, like, hey, I know we don't do everything right, but it's March Madness. We win. We keep playing. So that's a quick little thing about South Carolina and their journey, and we'll see what awaits in this upcoming Final Four round. Yeah, another team that more or less got uh, a good draw. I won't say lucky anymore. I'll say a good draw because – basically all of their competition got knocked out from the other end of the region. You know, Iowa's gone, Iowa state gone, Georgia gone. So then they, you know, Creighton unfortunately ran into the buzzsaw that is South Carolina way too athletic for Creighton. Um, Creighton's uh, balance, balance scoring, which was their strength in all the other rounds, just, it didn't really matter when they weren't getting any rebounds against South Carolina. So that's the, that's what South Carolina does best. Obviously have the best rebounder in all of college basketball. So um, not surprised. The North Carolina game was a really, really good game. But like you said, I guess I'm worried if they've been tested well enough to face what Louisville has for them. And Louisville has a lot. 
I mean, they, they have a bona fide player and a, another team with a lot of balance, a lot of athleticism. Let's talk about Louisville real quick. We kind of already talked about them too, but um, you think Tennessee was probably their their biggest test or would you say Michigan? I'm going to have to say, I mean, it, it was very close for me, but I'm going to lean more towards Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, just because Tennessee has, you know, a little bit of the injury thing going around right now, they definitely had a strong showing in this, in this tournament. But I think that Michigan was the better test of the two. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see this Louisville versus South Carolina game. I, I think that, again, we talked about this a little bit earlier today that the Wichita region had a lot going on. And yeah. I think that, you know, Louisville probably had the, quote, toughest road to the Final Four. And, um, you know, they beat Gonzaga, Tennessee, right, Michigan, that we said, right, to make it to the Final Four. And I think that they are the, quote, most prepared for success. You just mentioned this about South Carolina. Have they mm-hmm. been tested? Have they been battle tested enough to really have their stuff in order to come and really compete with Louisville? And it's going to be interesting because I think that because Louisville's had a quote tougher road to this final four point, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit concerned. Like, are they too tired? Are they going to be out of gas at this point? But the cool thing about Louisville is it's always a little bit left in that gas tank and they're going to come up, I believe, and still bring that intensity and I think again South Carolina and Louisville have a somewhat similar style of play so there's Mm going to be a really exciting matchup to see and coming down to the coaching right Jeff Walsh is a great basketball mind very strategic so Don Stella's got to bring her a game as well and be ready to match that from a coaching standpoint on her side of the uh the the sideline yeah and that's a great point are could they be tired from facing these you know two Tennessee is a very athletic team, um, and that was a close, closer than the score says. That was a close game, and um, so them against Michigan. Tell me what about Michigan? Do you think uh, was would have been the biggest challenge for them going into the game? What did you think about Michigan was the biggest challenge for Louisville? Do you think it was just Hillman mainly? I definitely, yep, you took it right from me. I think that's what it was. I mean, I think Nas Hillman is such a dominant player, right? Yeah. And she's going to get hers regardless of what kind of defense you throw at her or whatever you try to do to shake her up. Yeah. I don't think she can be shaken from what I've seen anyway. And so I think that that right. definitely was like, oh, man, how are they going to handle that? And then thinking about what South Carolina's got coming their way, that'll be another test. But I think that Nas Hillman – certainly help them prepare right to face South Carolina. So we'll see how it turns out for them. Yep. I agree. I, I agree. Cool. Okay. Who you want to talk about next UConn or Stanford? Let's start with uh, UConn and we'll, we'll get to Stanford next. And I, and I want to go back to our first show, right? Tyler, mm-hmm. you mentioned this, that the UConn Huskies were basically playing at home, right? The entire time being in that Bridgeport region. And I think it gave them, it really contributed, right? And it gave them uh, quite a huge advantage, I think, playing in front of what's basically like their home crowd. And I think for me, the only game that they really had to, quote, fight through was against that game recently, right, against NC State, Mm -hmm. which I think works to their advantage in terms of, again, we go back to the energy level. they, They have probably a lot more energy left in the tank right because they haven't had to really overexert themselves night in and night out right in all of their previous games however 
it could maybe hold them back in terms of the intensity because when they go to face Stanford, right, they're very poised and disciplined. And I worry about UConn facing them from that perspective. But given what we saw from them against NC State, my worry kind of, you know, is reduced because I think that UConn is definitely going to show up, show out, and be ready to face the Stanford Cardinal. I, I completely agree. And um, I do think that NC State was the toughest test. And as I said earlier, the first half, they played really bad. Uh, UConn played really bad in the first half. And sometimes it's good to get those bad halves, bad games out of the way. And once you – and, you know, you know this as a basketball player, sometimes once you see how to win after that, you guys – you know, you can win more often. You know the formula, right? You know the recipe. Right. So, plus – Although UConn played at home throughout this region, Paige is from Minnesota. Right. So Paige is going to be playing at home. Probably her whole high school is going to be at the game. You know, so we saw Paige be the hero in Connecticut. So I think think we're going to get a good showing out of Paige, which is basically exactly what they need to win for the most part. Because I think at this point, she's the best player left in the final four if i mean my opinion she was probably the best player in the tournament in the first place but she's the best player left in the final four so um i'm excited for what they bring i think they will bring a lot of energy i think losing their backup center uh might fuel them a little more they might have to play a little bit harder may have to be a little more careful uh so i expect them maybe to come out tight at first but as we've seen probably in the last, the Indiana game, as well as the UCF game, they're a second half team. So uh, I, I'm definitely excited for what they bring. I, yeah, I I'm, not, I'm not a huge UConn fan, but my dad is the biggest UConn fan probably on the planet. He watches <laughs> every single game. He records them. He'll miss work. He, he will do anything to watch the game. So I have seen all the games because my dad watches all of them. Um, so, and my dad is pretty pumped for it too. So shout out to him. Yeah. Shout out to him. And you know, (laughs) it's going to be a good one. And you bring up a good point there, Tyler, about yes. I mean, I'll say this, right. Paige is going to be home this whole tournament, you know, they're playing at quote at home in the Bridgeport region. And she's going back to her actual home of Minnesota. And like you said, friends, family, high school teammates, and all these people are going to be there. She's going to want to put on the show. And if anybody can put on the show, Paige Beckers can put on the show. And it's going to be a good one. Tell your dad to get his popcorn, his snacks, all that, because it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good one. It is for sure. Now, uh, Stanford, we talked about, we don't catch a lot of the Stanford games, regular season games. But another, I, I would say they, the teams that they played might be some of the best competition for them. Maybe not the best as far as the whole tournament, but I think Texas is a really good test for them because although Anna Wilson plays point guard for them, she's not like a traditional point guard. So that she probably played the best defensive player in all of college basketball in uh, Harmon that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Maryland, one of the most stacked teams, uh, top to bottom to me. Um, great front court there. Stanford played them, played them well, made it look easy. Kansas is, is another team that is not a slouch at all. Very good team. 
a very balanced team. Stanford completely dismantled them. So uh, I think Stanford might have seen the most different, uh, most diversity when it comes to um, how teams play. So they may have a lot of ways to win. Knowing a lot of ways to win helps you, especially against UConn, because depending on who's hot on UConn, you may have to react to that. So um, this is this is going to be a tough game. I think these four, which obviously is three number ones and a number two, so it's not like a super surprise, not like a surprise, but these four are, is probably the best competition you really could even put in the final four. Obviously, that's why they were seeded how they were. But, um, man, it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And I think that you bring out a good point there about, you know, uh, that Stanford team and to see all of these final four teams that we have, right? South Carolina, Stanford, UConn, and Louisville. Honestly, I feel like this is the best case scenario to see at this point. Yeah. And it's not one of these Cinderella teams that you worry like, okay, is their run over and they're just going to get dismantled right in the final four. And as you just mentioned, I mean, we have three out of the four number one seeds, right, still remaining, right? And UConn is the the second seed out of that Bridgeport region. This is going to be good, and I'm really excited for this because I could see it. You know, both of these games going either way, depending on what team shows up, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a good one. So who you got? Man, this is so tough for me. But I'm going to have to go with – I'm going to have to go with my gut here, uh, for better or worse. I'm going to say that the championship will be South Carolina versus Stanford. That's what I'm going to – that's what I'm going to call. Okay. South Carolina versus Stanford. All right. Um, I – I thought about this. I've changed it multiple times. <laughs> I'm going to go with the opposite, Louisville and UConn. Okay. And, and let me tell you, let me tell you why real quick. Okay. Tell me why. Although South Carolina's size is fantastic. I think Louisville has a lot more balance. I think they'll be ready for the size. I think it's, I think it may come down to uh, Don being out coached like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think South Carolina is the more uh, dominant team, but I think Louisville is hot, and I think Louisville affects the game in more ways. So I, I think the rebounding is still going to be a problem, but I think Louisville will force some turnovers. I think Louisville will find a way to hit their shots. So um, I'm the least confident in that, though. So I will say I picked Louisville, but I I realize I'm picking, you know, the odd choice there. I think South Carolina is the favorite, but I think I'm picking the underdog in uh, Louisville there. Okay, and when and it comes I don't to, think that I don't okay. think you can really go wrong with that because I mean, like we've been saying, Louisville is a good team, and you bring up a key key point there, Tyler, about the coaching. I think if this game is close. It's going to come down to coaching, right? We've seen Don Staley, as great as she is, be out coached, right? And Jeff Waltz is a strategic, strong strategic basketball mind, and he's got many options, and these girls are great players. And I think this one's going to probably come down to the coaching. 
Yeah, I think I think so too. Um, yeah, I have n- nothing to add there. And I I think that oh, I will say this: if Don doesn't get more out of her guards, they are going to be in a world of hurt because Louisville will get everything out of their guards. Absolutely, and I think the key guards for South Carolina, right? Zai Cook, Destiny Henderson. My question for them is, are they going to handle the ball well, right? Mm-hmm. South Carolina has, you know, their kryptonite is those turnovers, you know? Yep. And so my thing is, right, again, Zy Cook, Destiny Henderson, can they knock down the outside jump shots, handle the ball well in transition, and can that South Carolina team keep their defensive intensity? If they will, they will come out with this win, but if not, it may be a different story. Exactly, yep. Well, well said. So when it comes to UConn and Stanford, I just have to go with Paige, man. I, Paige in Minneapolis. I Paige is just tough. I have a lot of confidence in Paige. I will say this. I am, <laughs> I'm not a hater, but I'm probably the least Geno uh, believer there is when it comes to women's college basketball fans. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets as much of Paige as Paige has. I think maybe if Paige went to a lesser school, she probably would be leading the country in scoring, probably. So when she goes from games having like 12 to the next game having 27, when they need her to get 27, um, that tells me that in a game like this, if it comes down, Stanford's down, you know, up five or seven in the fourth quarter, we may see Paige get 10 shots off in the quarter. And I think I'm confident in Paige taking them to the promised land there. I don't think anyone on Sanford can guard her. I think Sanford's going to have a hard time guarding all of UConn. Um, and I don't think UConn will have too hard of a time guarding them. But I think the biggest thing would be UConn doesn't get out to the threes very well. When teams do beat them, it's because they shoot well. And Sanford a lot of times does shoot well with the um, whole sisters. So, uh I am worried about that, but I, I'm confident in UConn's uh, depth, their their defense. I think their defense is a little bit underrated because Gino doesn't always play. Uh, Nika Mule and uh, Avina Westbrook, who are both lockdown defenders. Absolutely. So I, I think when they go out there on on some of the you know key players, Jones and um, Wilson on Stanford, I think it'll be a long night for them. I think he'll have to use them more not having a backup center. So, uh, yeah, you can tell me, tell me your reasoning for Stanford and South Carolina. Well, first of all, I have to say this Tyler, that I I think that I am probably the captain of the anti Geno Ariema fan club (laughs) because I just cannot stand that man. And I could go on and on and on and on and on. So I'm not going to go there, but I'm just going to say that I think that I am the captain of the anti Gina or I am a uh, crew, but okay. for me, I feel that you bring up a, a really great point about Paige stepping up in general. And then we mm-hmm. add the fact that she's playing at home. I mean, consider all the energy and just, you know, how bad she wanted not only get to the national championship game, but to do it in front of her home, friends, family, fans, etc. Yeah. I think she's going to, she's already hard to stop, but you add that extra um, you know, ounce of motivation, and she's really just going to show out. That's what I'm expecting. Yeah, um, but I yeah. think for me, I feel at least from maybe this is wishful thinking, okay? But I just really feel that South Carolina 
though it has been a little bit sloppy in some of their games, I think that South Carolina is really playing with a unprecedented determination to get to the national championship. And I just consider their seniors, right. Mm-hmm. Who want to get back to that place. And yeah. they fell short last year, right. Losing in the final four and did not get to the national championship. And so I think that my hope anyway, is their lack of execution in some of the areas will maybe be compensated by, Hey, I met, might've messed up on offense, but I want this so badly and I'm going to, show out on defense and try to, you know, get that one back. And so that's kind of where I'm thinking South Carolina will probably be able to come out of that game and, and make it to the uh, the national championship game. Now I'm going to flip sides to Stanford. Mm-hmm. Again, I've said this a couple of times today that they, that Stanford on the other hand, right, they are a solid and consistent team, right? And I think back to, the roster that they had last year, right? They're basically returning the same team of ladies, right? Mm-hmm. Who won the chip last year. And they're very well coached by Tara Vanderveer. And I just feel like they're just so, they've really been poised the entire season and throughout this tournament. And so I just really feel like Stanford is really going to be able to <laughs> somehow withstand the Paige Becker show and come out and get that win. But time will tell and we shall see. Yeah, very, very possible. Um, that's all I got. I mean, it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a ride. I, I cannot wait. Uh, thanks for coming on the show again. By the way, absolutely. Um, Thank you. For may have to have you, to be back. May have to have you after the final four. Maybe we can recap before the championship or something like that. Um, you got anything else? That's all I have. All I just got to say this is, you know, it's going to definitely be an exciting couple of games and I got to get my mind right because it's going to be good. It's going to be fun to to check out and to enjoy this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Follow Noku Podcast on socials, YouTube, all that good stuff. Just tell them where to find you. Absolutely. Check me out um, on Instagram at underscore hooplovva. I'm getting ready to start season two. The WNBA season is coming soon. The draft is coming up. Got a lot of cool stuff that's going to be happening soon. So hit me up. Follow on Instagram at underscore hooplovva. Yeah. Got to have you back for the draft too, by the way. Yes, let's do it. Uh, Thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time.